niching down is something I'd encourage all photographers to do because the more you really get into the thing you love, like you find your groove, then everything just goes better because you enjoy the work more. And when it's a labor of love, the photographs just become better. You know, this deal, like when you're loving shooting, the work is just better. And you know, it just, then there's a, a snowball effect because you're loving doing it. You're giving a great experience. People are enjoying it. You get better. And it just grows and grows and grows in a way that doesn't happen if you try and do everything. It's just doing everything is, it seems logical and it seems to be the way to kind of make a great living. And niching down seems crazy. Why would you do that? You'd, you're going to miss out on all this stuff. But what it does is, you know, the ones who are attracted to me, to, to me and what I do are 10 times more attracted to what I do than they would have been if I was this, that, and the other photographer. Welcome to the Archipelago Photography Podcast. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Sean Morton. This podcast is brought to you by Archipelago Presets, a community of photographers united by a passion for our craft and a growing collection of some of the world's finest Lightroom presets and post-production tools. As a way of thanking you for tuning in, we're offering all of our podcast listeners a discount of 20% on your next purchase. Visit us at archipelagopresets.com and use the code PODCAST20 to redeem this special offer. Rob Dyte is an elopement and couples photographer and educator based in Ireland. Alongside being an expert in his niche, he has a passion for education that he shares with the photography community. A proponent of the idea of the rising tide that lifts all ships, you can find Rob sharing his knowledge in his Facebook education group, through workshops, and the many guides he has designed to elevate the photo industry. If you're looking for insight and inspiration, then sit back and enjoy my interview with Rob Dyte. How did you get to where you are now, sort of in your photography journey, you know, as, as, as now being an elopement photographer and educator? Like, what, what was your journey through photography to where you are now? So it's a long and winding road. It's, yeah, <laughs> I have no doubt. <laughs> um, well, I'll try not to keep, make it too long, but so 2008, I had my first child. Prior to that, not a single interest in photography at all. Yeah. Had an iPhone, got a bit into it. And then 2011, um, like I really got into it in a big way. And back in 2011, I literally was just taking pictures of my kid yeah. and posting them on Instagram. And I don't know if you do you remember the stage of your life where you just got totally sucked into photography, like, and you just were obsessed, like, you just read about it, watch YouTube just could not turn off the photography. I just was a, a total addict. Wait, are you, you mean you've gotten out of that? Or? <laughs> it's, it's different. It's different now. Yeah. But I'm talking obsessed. Yeah, yeah. To the point where my wife was like, "What? why did it stop taking photographs? And if you're not getting paid for it, what is the point of this? So yeah. 2011, um, I made a decision that I was going to be, quit my job and become a professional photographer. Yeah. At this stage, I still had never used anything apart from my iPhone 4. Um, so in September 2011, for my birthday, we bought, myself and my wife, a Canon 5D Mark I secondhand yep. for £500. And at the time, that £500 
was like a hundred grand to me in my <laughs> world. It, it was a cr- like a crazy amount of money to spend on something. But yeah. before I'd even bought it, we decided I was going to quit my job and become a wedding photographer. Yep. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> so I, was, I literally was like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I worked my ass off. And within 18 months, so March 2013, I'd quit my job and was shooting 50 weddings that year. Yeah. So it was quite a quick turnaround from literally never touching a DSLR in my life to 18 months later, I was full time. But I was just like all in. Like, wow addicted i would get up early stay up late worked full-time job had two kids yeah and was it just was an obsession essentially you know when someone gets into something yeah you just the love of it just drove me and i was completely hooked hook line and sinker yeah all in and yes from there obviously you learn a lot trial by fire right yeah, but this is a this is a big question, Sean. <laughs> this <laughs> is like a, a beast of a question. So yeah, went full time. Um, I had moved to Northern Ireland um, a few years before that, so I didn't have that kind of base of friendship group where you know yeah. you could go into weddings because you had friends getting married. I, I didn't have that because I'd moved here when I was twenty six, yeah. and just would kind of you'd miss that sort of stage of life with people to have that friendship where it's oh john do you shoot the wedding yeah so i was like how do you get a wedding and i put an advert on a thing called gumtree which is kind of like craigslist yeah um like a classified ads thing online yep i just said i will shoot a wedding for free if i can use it for a portfolio right um and <laughs> the wedding the wedding <laughs> the weddings i shot like i did two for free and one for 180 pounds yeah and the 180 pounds i was like oh my goodness me i'm getting paid so much <laughs> to take photographs <laughs> it was like it was crazy yeah um and yeah so i did those just literally did whatever i could i scrapped i made it happen yeah um and milked them for all they were worth the ones that you know and i used it and i spent quite a bit of money on promoting myself and back in the day all i knew was go to a wedding fair like i had no idea i was right. totally green about how you do stuff yeah. and that seemed to be the only way to book weddings so i spent a thousand pounds on this wedding fair and it was the biggest thing in northern ireland and i was like right that's it i'm gonna go to this i'm gonna clean up i'm gonna <laughs> you know i'm gonna quit my job the day after yeah and it turned out it's not how it works <laughs> you, don't, <laughs> no. you don't book 50 weddings there and then no. um yeah, I learned a lot, put a lot of effort in, like just went all in. And I was I was driven by this goal to quit the job and become a full-time wedding photographer, and it happened. And then from 2013 to today, um, there's been quite a lot happened in between. So I was, weddings was what I did. Yeah. Now I don't take any big weddings on at all. Um, I just do elopements. Um, so it's been a transition. So when I first got into this, for me, the excitement around weddings was being a destination wedding photographer. Yeah. That was what was sexy. That was what was cool. Yeah. All the people I looked up to were doing that. So that's what I wanted to do. So that's what I did. Essentially, I got into this place where I was shooting in different countries and America, Iceland, Switzerland, all over the place. Mm-hmm. But then I realized this is actually not what I really want. Like I've got three kids, I had three kids at the time and Skyping or FaceTiming my kids. Yeah. And they're saying, Daddy, you know, when are you coming home? I'm oh, coming home in four days. Yeah. Just did not did not sit well with me. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, fell into elopements just randomly. Some American couple were like, "We're coming to Ireland. We want to have you shoot our elopement." And 
did that and absolutely fell in love again with something. I love weddings, mm-hmm. but then elopements was just like my favorite part of weddings because I loved doing portraits. That was kind of my favorite bit of a whole wedding. Yeah. I've got some friends who love doing documentary, getting the moments and all that sort of stuff. But for me, it was, I just loved the portraits. So yeah. elopements just seemed like this awesome opportunity to be in incredible places, you know, and doing portraits. And so things morphed. So I did my first one. I think in 2014 or 15, and that was like one elopement that year. Yeah. Did two the year after that, did 10 the year after that, and then now it's that's my full-time thing. Um, and in the midst of that, to answer the educator question, I used to be a, like a youth worker and okay. went into schools, colleges, spoke in churches, all kind of large audiences. So literally from day one of being a photographer, I thought I'd love to do a workshop at some point. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to do one straight away because I thought, well, you can't just do one because you need to like have done something with it. You know, you need to have achieved <laughs> generally, something. Generally, yeah. Yeah. Although maybe not nowadays. You yeah. Can just, you can put a name on something. But I um, did my first, well, my first workshop wasn't a workshop. It was actually a conference. I thought, well, I don't need to necessarily have done everything to do that. So I hosted a conference and had different speakers like Ferd, URSD and Sam Hurd, Benj Heish, Nice, yeah. um, India Earl, various people and I just re- loved it yeah and then I think 2017 did my first workshop and I that that to me is like the thing I, I think I love the most almost because I love photography but I love teaching as well I love seeing mm-hmm. people kind of light up and seeing people's just kind of eyes kind of sparkle when they go oh I can do that and they kind of understand that it's not impossible Mm-hmm. And so since 2017, there's been a journey with that of lots and lots of workshops seeing people go from nothing to full time crazy fast. And yeah. and then with Corona, I moved things online and yeah. got a Facebook group now with about 2000 people in it and do regular stuff in there and just trying to help people. Really, I just have a real kind of passion to see people thriving. Yeah. Um, there's, just, there's a concept or an idea um, called the rising tide. You ever heard of it? Oh before? yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just, I love the idea, and the the, the quote is that the a rising tide raises all boats. Yeah. And my thoughts are like, you know, if I can help another photographer to earn more money, and to market better, then actually that benefits all of us. Mm-hmm. Because you know, if I could say something to somebody and that helps them, I did, literally I had a one to one coaching call with a guy two weeks ago, and it's a twenty minute call. Off the back of it, he tweaked his pricing and he messaged me the week after. He said, I can't believe it. I've had two bookings and the, literally the, I'm getting 30% more on every booking. Yeah. And that to me is like, well, that's just changed that guy's life, which is incredible because, you know, he's like, well, now I can save for a house and I can get my first home. And it's, yeah. it's I love that idea that I can help somebody. So when, when he does that, you know, he earns more money. He's not as stressed. He's not as under pressure. Mm-hmm. There's less need to compete because he's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Whereas if people are all struggling to get paid, then, uh, you know, you see these Facebook groups, anyone free on this date? And it's like 3,000 photographers right. offering to do it free and yeah. just, you know, and it's, it's so embarrassing almost to read. It's like cringe factor. Oh, for sure. Um, but I, I've been there myself years ago. Yeah. But now it's just a real privilege to be able to help people say you know what there's a better way to do this yeah you can run a business that you enjoy that is fun that meets that works with what you love and you can get paid really well for it and when people have that it's total game changer so yeah education has been 
going well. Love doing that. I have like a mailing list and courses and stuff, but just that kind of it it morphs two passions of mine. Like yeah. I just adore photography, adore helping people, and it seems like a really good combination to me. Yeah. So that's the fastest version possible. <laughs> that's quite long story. It's the calls notes. The Coles Notes version, yeah, yeah. Well, that and that is fascinating, and it's. I I think the most fascinating part of that is 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 your your start. I mean, I I, I can relate to the you know having a child and then starting out with taking pictures of the kids and and then that sort of blossoming into something more serious. But what I found really fascinating about that is is the fact that you you know even before you had that that five D camera, you you made that decision. You knew you knew that's what you wanted to do, and then you you know, a lot of folks would not take that chance, you know? Um, well, it's not a typical journey. No, um, yeah. But it's, there's a few facts involved. It was this immense love of photography, mm-hmm. but also I, I remember I had this, so I was a youth worker mm-hmm. and I had this um, call uh, one-to-one with a manager where they review every month. Yeah. And at the time I didn't enjoy this conversation at all. Mm-hmm. But now I see it as a real turning point in my life because he said to me, you know, Rob, put this work stuff to, to one side. What are you actually doing with your life here? Because you know, if you've got two kids, you know, something's got to change because this is not a career. You know, this mm-hmm. is not something that's going to be able to, you know, finance that life. Yeah. And I remember I didn't appreciate the chat at the time. Mm-hmm. But this, this like, a few weeks ago, this kind of hit me. I was like, my goodness, that that conversation was actually a turning point just in my mind. Yeah. Just thinking, I need to make a change. Yeah. And it just happened to coincide with photography, something I loved, and it just seemed to be a way out of that that career I had into something where I could use a talent I had, and it could be quite lucrative. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, it has been, and yeah. The more I learn, the more I think, wow, photography is incredible. Like you can really build a life. Whatever suits you, you can build a life where you, you know, you, you can either go and you can work very little and have a, just a really comfortable life, or you can work hard and you can make a really good living. And there's a kind of level for everybody, yeah. And you can find what works for you. And yeah, it's just, I think this is a gift now. Like I just absolutely love what I'm doing, love my life. It's just awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I want to drill down maybe into some of these things. Um, and I think you've touched on some of these in what you've talked about here, uh, but it's also things that you bring up in some of your education, I think. Um, cool. Um, so first of all, um, like I, I know that you, you've put together some really interesting, you know, guides for photographers, like SEO tips and website tips and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to touch on some of those um, and maybe come to this thing that you just sort of just touch on it a bit there and that's you know about finding your niche and i think in the uh, on your website tips guide or uh you, you refer to it as niche down do you want to you want to dive yeah. into that for a sec so niching down well there's a phrase that doesn't work with my accent okay <laughs> so i'd say like um niche but there's a phrase you've said in american accent the riches are in the niches yeah and <laughs> that is what I see most photographers starting out avoid at all costs. Most photographers at the beginning try and be a jack of all trades. They want to offer everything. I do equine, I do wedding, I do children, I do mm-hmm. senior portraits. And literally, you name a genre, landscape, they'll do them all. Mm-hmm. But to become truly valuable, you've got to try and appeal to a smaller audience. 
and I can't be I can't be super valuable to everybody. And with my skill set and what I love, I can be valuable to a, a small group. And that's the the gift of niching down. It's like the example I use when I'm doing kind of workshops is um like if you had a real bad illness, let's say let's say someone in your your family had a brain issue, right? Mm-hmm. You need medical help. Mm-hmm. So you could go to a local doctor, you know, your local where you call, we call them GPs here. Yeah. And that would be okay. Yeah. Or you could take them to the hospital and see um a surgeon and that would would be better. Yeah. But ultimately you want to go see a brain surgeon and that is the person you want. And the brain surgeon is niche down to the point where when someone wants him, they want him and they will pay whatever it takes to get him. And that as a photographer, the more we can move ourselves on this scale of expertise mm-hmm. where we are, I am the expert at elopements in Ireland. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. And that becomes highly valuable to someone who wants that. Whereas if I am the equine, the kid, the wedding, the sports, then when someone wants that particular thing, they're like, hmm, yeah, I'm, I'm not really going to go for that. But when I am the expert, they're like, wow, we want that guy. Yeah. So like niching down is something I'd encourage all photographers to do because the more you really get into the thing you love, like you find your groove, then everything just goes better because you enjoy the work more. And when it's a labor of love, the photographs just become better. You know, this deal like when you're loving shooting, the work is just better. That's right. And you know, it just, then there's a, a snowball effect because you're loving doing it. You're giving a great experience. People are enjoying it. You get better and it just grows and grows and grows in a way that doesn't happen if you try and do everything. It's just true. doing everything is, it seems logical yeah. and it seems to be the way to kind of make a great living and niching down seems crazy. Why would you do that? You'd, you're going to miss out on all this stuff. But what it does is, you know, the ones who are attracted to me, to, to me and what I do are 10 times more attracted to what I do than they would have been if I was this, that, and the other photographer. That's true. That makes sense? It makes total sense, yeah. And I think your cool. your website's a perfect example of that, right? Because you're, um, you know, if, if people want to go and check it out, we'll, we'll link to it. But, uh, I mean, you've got, you know, you're, you're, you're an elopement photographer in Ireland, elopement and couples mm-hmm. photographer based in Ireland. That's clear. That's That message is clear. But you're also, you're providing more than that, right? Like, you're, you're also, you're, you're like a guide you know, for couples exactly. that are that are interested. Do you want to talk about some of the things that you're doing on your site? Maybe that that would be good examples of of how you can take that niche and and um, and apply it in in the real world. Maybe. Um, I, I'd say that I remember so two years ago, well, 2019, I was thinking of just doing, just doing elopements, and it just seemed really scary to stop weddings because that had been literally what made me money from 2013 to 2019 and yeah. I got a great living doing it. And I'd got to the point where I was now in like the luxury end and mm-hmm. just on, on the brink of, you know, really expensive weddings, like really big, big books. Mm-hmm. But the elopements just were like, it was, it was where my heart was. Um, so yeah, I took a risk and just took weddings away from everything. And part of what I've done is that I want to display that I'm the expert on this, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So when a bride comes to my site, it's not just I'm I'm a great photographer. 
you know, I'm answering their problems, I'm answering their questions. Yeah. So in their head, the expertise, you know, is there like that that journey from the doctor to a brain surgeon. I'm I'm doing everything I can to display that mm-hmm. on my site that, you know, I've got your back. I've you covered. When you come to me, this is all you need. Like I've yeah. got you covered. And it works. <laughs> yeah. I had a I had a call. Like I my most of my clients are from North America, mainly America. Yeah. Um, and I had a call with a girl, a bride. She booked me, and she was saying, "I, I found your Instagram. I loved your photographs. And I thought I've got to have this guy take my photographs." And I was talking to a friend at work, and she said, "You can't just look at one person, and." book them that's really foolish you need to check his website and check around and see who else is available maybe someone's cheaper and all this sort of stuff and so the girl gets my website up on her phone and the friend looks through my website and says okay if that's his instagram this is his website you got to book him today (laughs) and you know because i've realized it's so much more than just having great photographs yeah. Because there are lots and lots of super talented photographers out there. Sure, yeah. And I've, I'm doing everything I can to, you know, win them over through yeah. my website copy, through the content. It's all about kind of serving that one niche group of clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think if you look at your site, I mean, you, you answer the questions really well. Like if you were a, a potential client looking to go to Ireland for an elopement. I mean, everything's there. You've got, you've got the guides to, to elopements, uh, you know, best, best places to elope, all this stuff. You've, you've mm-hmm. answered all these questions. There's, there's no doubt. I mean, I want to, I want to go get married in, Do it, <laughs> in <Yeah>. Ireland. Renew your vows. So um, that's, that's really incredible. But what do you find? I mean, we could flip this around. So what are, I mean, we, you know, we've kind of talked about some things that people do where they're afraid to niche down. They're, they're trying to be the, you know, jack of all trades in terms of photography. Mm-hmm. But what are what are some of the mistakes maybe do, do, that people make with their websites in particular in in how they're presenting themselves? There's a lot. Yeah. Um, I've actually I've made a guide people can download for free. Yeah. And it's the five mistakes most women photographers make on the websites. Yeah. And I've done a lot of website reviews, and you see the same problems over and over again. Yeah. Like I'll tell you one of them just off that that guide is they don't tell you where they are. Um, so what? If there's a book by um, Donald Miller. Have you heard of Donald Miller before? No. So Donald, Donald Miller um, is an author, and he has a thing called Marketing Made Simple. He's got a book called Building a Story Brand yeah. and a book called Marketing Made Simple. And he talks about this journey of someone hitting your site. And you know a lot of what I've done is just based off that book. It's really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, And he says, in the first three seconds of someone hitting your website, on the very first screen they see, without scrolling or anything, Mm -hmm. they need to be able to see what you do and where you are. Yeah. Because if they can't locate you and they've got 10 tabs open, they can look at somebody else because we don't want to think, we don't want to make people have to burn calories in their brain Mm -hmm. to work out where you are. And so literally, I had a website this week I reviewed and I'm scrolling and I cannot, for the life of me, find where this person's based. Right. <laughs> and it's like, you know, we, people think I'll book more destination work if I, you know, don't have a location. Uh-huh. But one thing about having location on your site is that it helps people trust you because you, you have a base. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, especially as well, if you're doing some for a local thing, you know, if I am, I live in Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. 
if I'm looking for a plumber, you know, I want one who is within a 10 mile radius of my house. I don't yeah. want one two hours away. Yeah. So I've got to pay him 300 pounds to drive here. Right. And photographers, like we do some really dumb stuff sometimes thinking this is going to help me. Like photographers often will try and do SEO for destination wedding photographer. Mm-hmm. I think that there's no bride on earth ever Googling destination wedding photographer. That's right. The only people that do that are wedding photographers <laughs> who want to be destined. It's just like it's, we do some really silly, silly things that aren't actually practical and helpful. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing people do. Um, I think for, for me, some of the frustrations on websites that I see is that people, I think they get a bit lazy. So there's a big effort to make a website and it's exhausting almost to the point where when you finish, you're like, Oh, that was so hard. Mm-hmm. And then after that, people seem to lack impetus to go back and tweak and fix. Mm-hmm. So I'll go on someone's website and look on my phone and f- on a mobile is the most important version of your site ever yeah. because 70 to 80% of traffic is coming on someone's phone. Yeah. And literally you know, the, the people have typically, you know, a slider at the, the first screen, four or five photographs sliding across. Mm-hmm. And on a, on a MacBook or on a desktop, look incredible. Yeah. But that bride who's framed in the corner, right, you know, on the rule of thirds, mm-hmm. when you open up on your phone, it's like all you see is a quarter of a head, just an ear sticking out, <laughs> right. and the rest of it's sky. Yeah. And people, I think that, I think a lot of people, it's not they're lazy, it's just, they spent so much time getting the website done that after it's just like, it takes a real kind of impetus to get started again and to go through and tweak. But having that level of excellence where you go through and think, right, I'm not going to allow any photograph on any version of this site to be formatted in a way that's not viewable Mm -hmm. because especially for weddings, weddings is huge in this because a bride has to trust you. People buy from those who they know like and trust and that's what we're trying to establish with the website is those three things and if you can't be bothered to format your photographs in a way they can see them on mobile why would she trust you with one of the most important days of her life and one of probably the most expensive purchases she's ever done yeah and it's not a lot of people spend three thousand dollars you know on on anything in life yeah you know a lot of people to that to them that's a humongous amount of money mm-hmm. you know it's like a month's salary yeah. on this one item so as wedding photographers we've got to put ourselves in their shoes and think you know what impression am i giving because first impressions you know that thing that's like once you've made it that's it done mm-hmm. and you know there's a lot of competition in most people's cities and towns so you want when they first come on your site to them to think that's great excellent and nothing on there is putting them off if that makes sense yeah how would photographers convey trust to potential clients on their websites? So trust is a is a tricky one almost, but mm-hmm. simple things like having that I'm based in mm-hmm. Belfast, Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. And you might think that's weird to say that, but just having those little checkboxes in people's minds that here's a phone number. Mm-hmm. Like some people hit having phone numbers, but you can't actually pay for something where it goes to like a Google box and calls you but having a phone number also establishes trust and yeah. um, reviews are gold yeah. okay and what i recommend to all my kind of um people i work with in photography trying to train and mentor and coach them is do not have a review page 
because no one's going there. Like yeah. if you check your analytics, no one's on that page. Like it's the mm-hmm. it's the smallest amount of hits mm-hmm. of every page on your site. What I recommend is having at least one review on every single page. Yeah. So everywhere they're going, people keep seeing. And what I also recommend is that you put a five stars. If you can put like a symbol, like you know, literally five stars that you can see. Yeah. Then people probably aren't going to read the reviews because people scan. Yep. But if everywhere they go, they're, they're flicking through something, sliding through something, and they see five stars, five stars, five stars, and maybe on your reviews you maybe um, put in bold text, certain words, mm-hmm. incredible photographs. As they're scanning through your site and they see that, then that is small little, not, this is not going to change your life, but these are small little things that add trust right. to you because other people out there are saying this person's great. And also, this sounds weird, but the way we are perceived by our customers, by our clients, by the world is how we set ourselves up. Mm-hmm. So this might sound really counterintuitive, but it's almost obvious. The only impression the world has of me is what I tell them about myself. Yeah. So on your website, don't be shy. You put yourself forward as the expert. You know, if you've been doing this for 10 years and say 10 years experience and do put whatever you can on that, that, that strengthens your case. Yeah. So I, you know, think of a one liner. I help couples have the most incredible wedding days, blah, 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 blah. And you start saying great things about yourself. Now we're trained in, in my culture anyway, to not be um, proud or arrogant. You need to be humble. And that's great advice for life and getting on with human beings. But when you want to sell something yeah. and you want to sell yourself in a business, you are the only one on planet Earth who can can brag about you, yeah. right? So do it yeah. and don't be shy because every bride is not going to email your mum to see how cool you are. It's not happening. So you've got to tell the world yourself. wanted to take a moment to let you know about an exciting new project we've launched called Quest. Quest is a subscription platform where each month a new preset and profile collection will be released, giving subscribers access to fresh photo editing tools that are designed to push the boundaries of creative expression. On top of that, subscribers will get access to an education platform with new tutorials and bonus content each month. We wanted to keep the cost low and so we're doing all of this for only $8 a month. As a bonus, we have a limited time offer for our podcast listeners to get their first month of Quest for free. From now until the end of July, use the code PODCAST34 when you sign up for this special offer. Quest is a game changer in the preset world, and we're very excited about this new project, and we hope you will be too. So be sure to head over to archipelagoquest.com and check it out. Now, on with the show. So how does Instagram come into play maybe with, with your work, but also in, I guess, what would be some advice you would give to photographers who aren't really sure how to effectively use Instagram to, for their business, that is? Mm-hmm. Um, so Instagram is this, it's a beast, isn't it, really, in yeah. in everyone's kind of radar. Um and I think if you view it as a tool, it can be great. But 
if it's just something you go on there to scroll for five hours, it's not great at all. And when you use it for the purpose of I'm going to show up here and I'm going to speak to my dream clients and I'm going to talk to them, then it can be really, really good. And I get a lot of work through it. Yeah. Um. I, again, I've made another guide on this a downloadable PDF. We can put a link in. And yeah. it's, you know, how, how I grew my account to 50,000. Um, but in short answer, showing up and being consistent is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And it's what people don't want to hear. People want a magic pill. They want, you know, if I use this one hashtag, then I'll get 10,000 followers tomorrow. If I do a reel where I dance, you know, like a, like a 12 year old girl, then I'll get 12,000 followers. Yeah. But to be honest, in our niche, what we do, it's just about showing up and talking to kind of our dream client and you know answering their problems like like the website thing it's showing expertise it's sharing things that are helpful and just being consistent so one thing that i see a lot of photographers do especially when they kind of starting out is they base their social media presence and what they do on their emotions and feelings that day so if I'm having a great day, I'm going to post, I'm going to show up. But if I'm on a bad day, I'm not going to show up because, you know, I don't feel good enough today. And as much as possible, I encourage people to try and detach themselves from that and just view these channels as tools for your business mm-hmm. where consistency is just the king of it. And if, you know, so these photographers who do it emotionally, you'll see them post like 10 pictures in a day and then nothing for a month. And the analogy is kind of like, imagine if you came to my house, Sean, for Christmas and it was a party and you came in and my wife had bought some posh candles that she'd lit all over the house that had this lovely kind of Christmas aroma. And you walk in, it's like, hmm, that's lovely, right? That to me is someone who shows up every day, right? The person who shows up and gets 10 photographs on one day gets the candle and holds it in front of your face the whole time you're at their house. So the scent is literally just two centimeters from your nose. You can't <laughs> avoid it. And it becomes a bad experience. Yeah. Make, make sense? Yeah. So yeah. it's the same same thing. I'm sharing photographs. Yeah. But in one way, it's pleasing and it's like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. In one way, it's kind of like, oh, it's almost offensive when you have too much of it. Yeah. And if you ever fault somebody who does that, it's actually, it's really annoying. You're like, why are they doing this? Why are they posting 10 photographs a day? You know, <laughs> and then nothing for a month. So, yeah. you know, I encourage anyone, you know, if you can post 100 photographs in a year, then post them every three and a half days. Don't post 10 today, 10 tomorrow, three on Tuesday, nothing for a month. Spread it out, you know, yeah. drag it out and um, just be conscious that, you know, I think this is a problem a lot of photographers have is they are posting with other photographers in mind, Mm -hmm. not their clients who are trying to book. And so, you know, if I'm thinking, well, Sean's following me, he knows that every post I've shown recently is shot with a 85 mil. He'll know that. So I'll not show that. In in all honesty, we need to forget about you, Sean, and post for our our customers, if that makes sense. I won't be offended. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but... A lot of people, because the people who interact with their work and it mm-hmm. tends to be photographers who comment and stuff, yeah. then they, they start posting for them. But when you're running a business, it's all about your, your customers and your clients. It's all about yeah. them. Yep. And having that customer obsession in every facet of business, so customer obsession on the website, on the social media, it then 
it changes how you approach it, it changes what you say, and it changes how attractive what you put out there is to the world. And especially if you niche down and you're talking to a particular group, then what you post then becomes really appealing and really interesting. And, you know, I have people who book me and they'll comment or they'll they'll mention something I've said on an Insta story or something because it, it triggered something for them. Yeah. And that was on purpose by me because I want to talk to them. I want to address their problems, their worries, their needs and not think about my photographer friends when I'm posting. Yeah. I, I think it comes down to how how we approach these tools, these platforms like Instagram. How are you using it and what's your what's your end goal? And like you said, it's if you're talking to the customer, it's a completely different story than if you're just sharing something that you know, you know, another photographer would love. Um so what's um what what's on your I guess what's on your radar? Like where do you see yourself going from here? Uh, you're doing your education, you're you're doing your business. Do you do you you know, five years from now, are you you're still going to be doing the same thing? What's what's your long term plan? Um, I could see myself shooting elopements for a long time. Yeah. Um, because I love it, and it really doesn't feel like a hard day's work to me at all. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like I don't come home feeling worn out. I don't come home like uh, I don't dread editing it. It's there's nothing about it at the minute that I'm like, oh man, it's just really good fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do see education as kind of just where my heart is mm-hmm. in a bigger way. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing that's really gone through my head recently is I've like done videos in my Facebook group and about certain things and lessons that I learned seven or eight years ago that to me now just seems so small and so kind of unimportant. Mm-hmm. To someone that in their first year is like it's a game changing piece of information. Yeah. And you know, the more I've realized that I'm like, flip me, I can help people a lot. Like mm-hmm. this the stuff I paid a high price for, like spent hours <laughs> learning and doing, doing you know, I can give <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. But I you know, what what happens is when I create a course for somebody, you know, I am shrinking ten years mm-hmm. of work, blood, sweat, tears training and everything into a two hour video that they can just take and get. And it's, 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 it's awesome to see because when I first started doing it, you know, you'd, you'd, I'd make a course and pour my heart into it. And then when you finish, you have that doubt over it. Like, you know, man, I'm not sure. Is it good enough? And all that sort of stuff. And then you get past the fear and you put it out there and literally I'm getting messages like people saying, I can't actually believe this. It's like, this is changing my life. And you're like, right. how is it changing your life? It doesn't seem that, you know, it's just a photography thing. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's just so good to see people getting kind of breakthroughs in their business on a much faster scale than I did, you know, because yeah. I'm getting all that stuff and I'm just condensing it and giving them the essential stuff. And it's like, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's, it's re- there's a lot of satisfaction for me in that and mm-hmm. seeing people and, because it's not just, you know, how to take better photographs, but like I mentioned earlier on, like, you know, when I'm helping a, like a mum who's a single parent yeah, and we do a, a one-to-one and literally she, she goes from that and she's making double from that week on that literally is a game changer. And for me, like, I grew up in a single parent family and we had nothing. Like I'm talking like, 
you know, just on government money. Mm. If I got a hole in my trousers at school, I was kind of scared to go home and say, Mom, I got a hole, because she'd be like, what do we do? Yeah. And so there's a lot of people who I've done stuff with and workshops with, and then to see them go on and thrive in their business and, you know, really for them do kind of crazy well that they'd never thought it could be this good it's it's, it's so satisfying because yeah. i believe that photography is this amazing talent we've got and if you can use it and be shrewd and also be good at the business side it can actually change your life like it really can be just total game changer yeah. so yeah that's that's where i see myself kind of pushing further pushing harder yeah. if that makes sense makes total sense all right, I'm going to end it with some rapid-fire questions. Are you ready for this? Go for it, bro. Go okay. for it. <laughs> What's, uh, and this is maybe this first one's COVID-related uh, now that hopefully we can start moving around a bit. What's your what's on your photography bucket list? Faroe Islands. I'm, I meant to go, like, I've rescheduled three or four times. Yeah. So it might end up being this year I go, but yeah. Faroe Islands is awesome. Can't yeah. wait to go. Yeah, nice. What's your dream camera? Um, I don't have one anymore. No? Um, so I, I got a Sony a7 III, and for what I do, I just, like, before Sony a7 III, I had Canon 5D, yeah. 1, 2, 3, 4, I had Nikon D750, yeah. and there was always something that frustrated me and bothered me, I needed upgrading, mm-hmm. and now I'm like, I actually don't think I need anything more, it's, <laughs> it's, a, really, it's a really strange thing to feel, because I always yeah. want a new camera, yeah. and I'm like, if an a7 IV came out, I don't think I need it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe part of that is because i do elopements too so there's less pressure on high iso and that type yeah, of stuff but that's true um yeah yeah the camera i've got is one i need yeah yeah what's your go-to lens 35 35 yeah yeah i guess with those those uh, epic landscapes out there right you gotta get those in there yeah all right i, I what... try and use my 50 a lot more as yeah. well 50 is obviously having a bit more bokeh's nice mm-hmm. so i'm trying to use that more um but 35 is just what I love. It's just easy now. You know, you get, it's like, it's like an extension of yourself. It's just, I've done thousands and thousands of hours with it. And it's just how I see the world almost. Yeah. Now, now this one doesn't have to be photography related, but it can be. Uh, what's your favorite book or, or writer you'd recommend? I'm a bit of a book addict. Um, oh, <laughs> so, so I would say, um, there's a guy called Napoleon Hill. Uh-huh who wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich. It's a really old book um, from like 1920s or something. Oh, wow. And that book changed the way I think. Hmm. Um, yeah. Like I read it maybe. I've listened, I have Audible, so I do quite a lot of audio books so I'm driving to and from yeah. shoots. Yeah. Um, so I've listened to it maybe 10 times, read it a couple of times, and yeah, pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. And uh, who would be a photographer you'd recommend we all check out? Um, mm, I think within weddings for URST is like just someone who is doing things different and it's interesting yeah. and is is being top of the game since I started. So that's yeah. 2011. He's been up there and he still is. And he's awesome. Like I, I had him at my conference a couple of years ago. And just in the worst possible place, in awful light, he made this insanely amazing photograph. Yeah. I'm like, what? Are you He's like a wizard? <laughs> just like a wizard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I love his stuff. Just for that kind of, just 
interest and he stands story. out yeah 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 he really does he does nice sure. guy as well cool cool and and last question which is always a fun one if you could go back and and give rob some advice um you know back when you started what would that be learn about business yeah seriously like <laughs> in the last three years I'm like, if I had a time machine, I would go and punch myself in the face and say, <laughs> learn about business, you idiot. <laughs> Even like 10% of my time, because I was obsessed with photographs, which is really helpful. Yeah. But my goodness me, like I have left a lot of money on the table, a lot <laughs> yeah. of money on the table. Yeah, I'm sure you're not alone. Yeah. 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 I'm sure I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's perfect advice. Well, Rob, listen, this has been really, really excellent chat. I mean, tons of great information. I'm sure people are going to get a lot out of it. We're going to drop tons of, tons of links in the show notes for people to check out. You've got some really good guides for photographers and uh, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thanks man. Loved it. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Rob Dyte, please check out the links in the show notes. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review as it helps others discover our show. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, please check out archipelagoquest.com, our new preset subscription platform for photographers. There you'll get access to new presets and profile collections, as well as new bonus and educational content, all for only $8 a month. And we have a limited time offer for our podcast listeners to get their first month of Quest for free. So from now until the end of July, use the code PODCAST34 when you sign up for this special offer. Thanks again. Until next time.